This is Campus Voices. Issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. A public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU. Good morning, and welcome to Campus Voices. I'm Alex Neal. My guest on Campus Voices is Juan Jimenez, a graduate student at UNL. He is one of few in the plant breeding graduate program, where he is working on a special project that will provide food to millions of people in the future. Juan is also an international student from Colombia and has a bachelor's degree in agronomy from Zamora University in Honduras, and most recently working as a research assistant at the University of Florida. He is one of the best people I know and is so passionate about the work he is doing. Juan, welcome to Campus Voices. How are you doing today? Good. Good. Lovely yeah. to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity yeah. to share. So what made you decide to come to UNL for your latest project? I was doing an internship at the University of Florida, working in the strawberry breeding program. And I was wanting to start my graduate studies. And then it was a great opportunity available at the University of Florida in the small grains breeding program. And so coming from that, working in what you did at Florida, moving to Nebraska, moving from strawberry plants to wheat plants. Well, they are two different worlds because strawberries are in horticulture, which is kind of different than agronomy, kind of similar because the breeding principles that we use to improve plants apply for both crops, but it's different because in agronomy, we use different techniques. And I think the impact is is pretty big. This is a big industry. We consume a lot of wheat, kind of similar, but different ways. Yeah, absolutely. How has your experience in Colombia and Florida translated over to here in Nebraska? So I think something that influenced me a lot to take the decision to go into the world of plant breeding was my background. I started uh, learning how to grow plants with a relative of my family. He started teaching me how to grow plants. I fall in love with this amazing idea of having a really small seed and then this seed just grow and it, it was like magic for me. Then I did a minor in plant production in Colombia and then I have a close experience with farmers. So it was something that caught my attention, how these amazing people put food in our tables and how these people sometimes are abandoned, you know, from the government and from, from us. So we don't recognize this and I have to do something for these good people that is helping us. Can you explain what the plant breeding program does? What is your mission? I think everyone that is involved in plant breeding is helping to feed the world. I mean, the farmers feed the world. But we help the farmers. We work with them closely to produce crop varieties. That's plant breeding. Plant breeding is an art and it's a science. And what we do in, in the program is basically produce new crop varieties for the farmers in Nebraska and around the world. Especially, specifically, we work with wheat. So we try to develop new varieties that are resistant to different uh, biotic and abiotic stresses. I'm here with Juan Jimenez working in the plant breeding program here at UNL. Juan, what is your team working on right now? What is this big project that you're working on? Alex, we are doing something really unique in the small grains breeding program. We are trying to study the female characteristics that are crucial to produce hybrids uh, working with wheat specifically. This is a public project that we have. And this is something very special because the companies, for example, they don't release a lot of information for that. But we want to collaborate with different universities. We are working with University of Texas 
And my project is specifically focused in the study of these uh, key female characteristics. Juan, your program is doing great things. Can you tell us what it looks like? Normally, wheat is a self-pollinated plant. One individual plant doesn't need that other plant generate pollen, and then this pollen migrate to this plant to produce wheat grains. The plant produces the pollen by themselves. This is the explanation of a self-pollinated crop. But we want to do cross-pollination, which means that we need two different plants. One will be the donor, this plant will release pollen, and the other will be the plant that receives this pollen to generate uh, the grains of wheat. So the advantage of this process is that these hybrids will have more yield, and then the, the potential of different characteristics like more disease resistance, more uh, production maybe of high protein or, and high nutritional value. This is the advantage that we want to get with hybrids. We call this hybrid vigor or heterosis. Mm -hmm. So heterosis, you want the best, the most yield out of the best kind of wheat plant. Is that kind of what it looks like? Yes. Absolutely. This, this has been done with corn and with rice, but it's really hard to do with wheat because the biology of the plant. What would you say is the most crucial part of nailing down the science of hybridization of wheat plants? I think the key point is you have to identify key characteristics in the plant. You, I have to go to the field every summer and then observe the plants almost every day to identify changes in structures that the plant have, specifically, of course, the female structures that are important for hybrid wheat production. There is no class that will teach you this. You have to really be involved and take this seriously. When studying the science behind these wheat plants and cross-pollinating and hybridization, what are the other factors that you're looking at? So you have to consider everything that can potentially affect the plant in general, like drug tolerance and floating tolerance, low nitrogen level tolerance. All of this is very important. So everything that is affecting the plant is very important that you consider. So everything that is around the plant that is affecting the plant is really important. And we have to consider this. How important is time in this process? Well, time is crucial. We are in a race with the development of every single crop because something is happening in this planet. Climate change is a reality. This affects the plant production because all the organisms, all the pests and diseases that attack the plant uh, can eventually mutate with these changes of weather and also the development of the plant. The plant is very sensible to the environment that is around. We as breeders have to think in the future. So we want to uh, be ahead of these changes because if not, if we don't release this, the producers will be affected and then we we don't have food for the futures. Can you maybe explain what it looks like that you're doing with these female wheat plants? I go to the field every day with a tablet in my hand, and then I have to check gape. The gape is when one structure of the plant, which is the, the flower, will open and is available to receive pollen. Gape date, which is the day that the whole plot is gaping. And the gape angle, is how wide these uh, plants are uh, opening the flowers. After that, we have to apply a chemical hybridizing agent uh, in order to do cross-pollination. So I have to check if 
the female uh, genotypes that are that I am evaluated are resistance to this chemical hybridizing agent. This is other characteristic that I take, and it's called CHA damage or chemical hybridizing agent damage. So how long are these females open to receive pollen? The females can last between, let's say, around one week. But we have a really important challenge, and is that the female plant will produce the pollen, but the pollen is able to pollinate the female part just around one hour, from 20 minutes to one hour. So the window of opportunity to do pollination and to generate grain and yield is really short. Yeah. So a lot of people, when they hear about these awesome things that you and your team are doing, they hear the word hybridization. And what do they automatically hear of? GMOs. What are some of the bad stigmas behind GMOs and transgenics? What are the differences behind these and what you do? Thank you for this question, because I think that's very important that people really get informed. We do crossbreeding. This is very different from GMOs or transgenics. Crossbreeding is the process of mating two varieties. You have a white flower and you have a red flower and you cross both flowers and you get as a progeny, a pink flower. That's what happened normally in, in nature. This is very different from GMO. So GMO is altered genetic material of an organism using genetic engineering. And this is doing in one lab. And transgenics is all the transgenics are necessary at GMO because the genetics is altered. But the difference between GMO and transgenic is that the transgenic alter genes from one species and go these genes to another species. I don't want to talk bad about GMO and, trans and transgenics. I am not a fan of these technologies, but they are technologies. And if you read scientific information, you can see that there is no evidence that they generate cancer or that they, you know, kill people. I'm not defending the technologies, but you have to be informed of this. But we definitely don't use this. We do cross-breeding. So what are some of the things that you've seen that hybridization and cross-pollinization has an impact on in the real world? Alex, we have been consuming products from breeding programs for a long time, and we don't realize that. Every time that you go to the supermarket, you can see seedless mandarins, seedless um, watermelons, seedless uh, grapes. All of these products, they have naturally seeds, but when they pass through a breeding program, they can get these characteristics that are really good for the consumers. So imagine bananas in the past. Normally one banana have big size, but in the past, the size of one banana fruit was two or three inches, which is really, really small. And it was full of big seeds inside. So taste was not really good. But thanks to the breeding programs, we can consume the banana that we have every day in our homes. What is the most interesting thing or concept or actual product that you've seen come out of cross-pollinization? I think something that caught my attention uh, currently is the white strawberries. People call pine berries, and the flavor is kind of like a combination of pineapple and banana and strawberry. What they did to produce this was doing a cross-pollination between good variety in Florida that have a lot of flavor, that perform really well in the field, and 
one variety from Japan that is white. And I personally love the flavor that have the volatiles, the smells is, is, is very good. In 2020, the world had 7.8 billion people on it. By 2050, that's supposed to increase to 9.9 billion. Why is creating a stronger hybrid of wheat so important to society? We as humans consume 20% of the protein, like the intake, it comes from wheat products. So wheat is crucial for humankind. And as we have this goal to feed this increasing population into 2050, we have to increase the grain yield per year in 1.7%. Currently, with the technology that we have in the breeding programs with the conventional technology, we can improve around 1% of yield per year. So we have this potential of increase the yield also to more than 1.7% per year. We'll make sure to feed this increasing population in the future. So that's, that's crucial for humankind. And that starts with the farmers. Juan, why are the farmers so important? Farmers are crucial in all of this process. We work with the farmers. We go work for the farmers because they just get up every day and take care about the, their crops to feed us. So we really have to support the farmers. We really have to understand what are their challenges. And then this information helps us to develop new methods to improve the crops, to develop more technologies and more methods to really improve what they, are, what, what they need in, in the field. Juan, Juan Jimenez on Campus Voices this morning. You have such a heart for farmers. Where did that stem from? Why, why are the farmers so important to you personally? It was like a key moment in my life when I understood this is the most amazing people in the world. They have a really good heart and they just want to help us. But I, I could identify that they have some challenges. I have to help these people. So that's why I have so much passion for them. And then so on, I had more experience close with farmers. Juan, I want to thank you for visiting with us today about your project and the possibilities that plant breeding can bring to the future. Our guest has been Juan Jimenez, plant breeding graduate student, developing new ways to provide food for the future generations. I'm Alex Neal. Thank you for listening. This has been Campus Voices, issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To comment on this program, call 402-472-3054 or email to krnu at unl.edu. Campus Voices is a public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU, Lincoln.